gonna make them an offer again. I feel the need, the need for speed. He's watched every movie more than once. He's Stephen Fennick. Go ahead, make my day. He's watched the latest Disney movies with his kids, uh, but that's about it. He's Trevor Long. You talking to me? Together, they bring you the best movies you've never seen. I will look for you. I will find you. And I will kill you. Rent BioStream, the latest and greatest movies on Fetch. Watch on a big screen Hisense TV. The best movies you've never seen. The first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. With Stephen Fennick and Trevor Long. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello and welcome to the Best Movies You've Never Seen podcast. This is the podcast where we talk about movies, movies that I've seen a fair amount of times. And I show them to my good mate Trevor Long, who has never seen them before. And this week's movie is a great example of that. And the movie I'm talking about is The Untouchables. Now, Trev, you tell me you've never seen this. Didn't even hear about this, did you? You never I, heard I of it. I don't recall ever hearing the name. I mean, obviously, The Untouchables is not a word I've not heard of, but yeah. I didn't know it was a movie. I wouldn't have picked anything about it. Oh, yeah, Never never in my radar, mate, this one, unfortunately. Very good. Well, it was released in 1987, and how about this for a cast, right? Ro- Kevin Costner. Yeah. Sean Connery. Robert De Niro. Directed by Brian De Palma, who has directed one of the movies in our intro. Oh. Scarface, he directed. Now, say hello to my little friend. Oh, okay, Scar- I was going to say, I don't know which one that is. Scarface. We haven't done that yet. He's directed Carlito's Way. Great movie. The original Mission Impossible, Tom Cruise. Remember when he took over the franchise? He directed the original one. Now, this movie tells the story of Elliot Ness. And his mission to bring Al Capone to Interestingly, so that had, name rang a bell. Right, Elliot Nestie. Yes. Right, what about Al so, Capone? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, so I feel like either through TV shows or other forms of just listening, I'd heard of the name Elliot Ness, but I actually wouldn't have connected the two, Al Capone and Elliot Ness. Yeah, well, Al Capone is also, to anyone who's ever been to Alcatraz in San Francisco, yep. he's one of the most famous prisoners that was right. in Alcatraz, was Al Capone. Um, this is obviously based on actual events. We'll talk later about what how what they got right, what they okay. embellished, and did all that. Uh, so, what were your impressions, if any, before the first time you sat down to watch this? I had nothing other than you know, I think you had told me um, because it was Al Capone was involved. I, I kind of knew we were in for some sort of gangster style. Yeah. Um, okay. I guess in my head, I wondered whether it was going to be Godfather era or. More of my style, Godfather of Harlem style, you know what yes, I mean? Yes, a bit so earlier I've, than that. Yeah, yeah, I felt, earlier. yeah, I felt 
unaware of what era I was jumping into. Yeah. That was what was interesting for me. Because it was around the th- in the 30s. 30s, yeah. Uh, this movie had massive success, a lot of buzz around it. One f- uh, had four Oscar nominations, and it won one Oscar. And that was for Best Supporting Actor for Sean Connery. Sean Connery, yeah. yeah. He did do. I mean, it's but, unbelievable. But get this right. Sir Sean Connery, right? He's, yeah. he's knighted. He passed away in 2020. He appeared in more than 70 movies, right? Became one massive star and won heaps of awards, including three Golden Globes. Mm. And this nomination for the Oscar was his one and only Oscar nomination. No way. He'd never been nominated. Because if I was asked, yeah. you know, millionaire style, you know, how many Oscars has Sean Connery won? It was zero, one, two, and three. Yeah. I'd be like, it's yeah. got to be two, right? But, but even nominations, like normally if you're a decent actor, his quality, you're nominated ten times. Even better question, really, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. How many times so have you nominated? Nominated once. Once in his and life. won once. For this, and he won it. Wow. That's only, and he, and he retired in acting for, uh, in 2020, and as I said, passed away in 2000. But this is his one and only Oscar, was from The Untouchables. The other awards they were nominated for were Best Art Direction, Best Costume Design, and Best Music Slash Original Giorgio Score. Armani, I noticed at the very start. Yes. Well, <laughs> uh, they look pretty good. This is your last exit before the freeway. We're going to dive headfirst into this movie. And if you haven't seen The Untouchables, you can, of course, view it on Fetch. Absolutely. And the Fetch is a great way to watch your movies. You can make a decision to rent or buy. In this case, it was available uh, to rent or buy. I chose to buy it because I had a feeling, gangster style, I'm going to like this. And therefore stays in my in my uh, my, rec- my movies uh, same place as I find my, my recordings or my stuff, my catch-up. There's so many things that a fetch box can do. I'll give you an example, non-movie style. You're on Nine Now or another catch-up app and you're watching a few episodes of a show. Instead of having to open the app, find that show. You can just go to My Stuff, My Catch-Up, and jump straight back into where you're up to in that show. Very intelligent operating system, highly integrated with all the apps, so you can do a universal search for anything, any show, any person any content across all the apps you've uh, you've got subscriptions to. So uh, Fetch allows you to do that through your internet provider or Harvey Norman at JB Hi-Fi. Uh, just ask for Fetch. Righto. So now you've seen the movie. Yep. So share your first impressions now that you've actually what spent the two hours of this movie. It's two hours long. Yep. What are your thoughts now? This is, this is a short two hours. It didn't feel long at all. Yeah. Um, remember I said Rocky felt... Like a slow, it dragged at times. But, but yes, I, I yes. appreciated the two hours, but yes. it, it just felt like it was yep. it was uh, not dragging. But it's, anyway, this didn't feel long at all. Yeah. Like it felt punchy all pacey. the way through. Pacey. pacey. Yep. Um, I was blown away by the cast, and I struggled because this is what I hate about not being a movie guy when this came out, because I don't appreciate where these guys are in their career, because you look at this and you go. These guys are phenomenal. Like, is some of this yeah. just luck, or is this just you know spending the bucks to get the best in the business? You know what I mean? That stuff yep. blows my mind. Okay. Um, like the first time you see De Niro, you're like, holy crap, it's Robert De Niro, and then you get Sean Connery, and ah, yeah, it's just yeah, it's Brilliant. it's it's a great movie. So yeah, for me, it's uh, you know, tweet wise, yep. it's a simple matter of you know if you're like me and you've never watched The Untouchables, it's honestly one of the all-time classics because of the cast, yeah. let alone the story. I find, too, that a lot of people are reluctant to dip back that far to watch a movie. Like, you know, like right. whenever I think people... What year are we talking about again? 1987. Uh, right. 
So a lot of people think, oh, that's old, that movie. Like, gee, I, I know my kids, they're yeah. in their 20s, they think, oh, that's old. I think it's not really. Like, it's, I mean, go back and you'll enjoy it. Again, you watch this and you go, how would you do it differently if you shot it today? No, you wouldn't. Not much. Well, you've got to capture the period, so it'd be yeah. The only difference would thing. be yeah. potentially quality and colour and things yes. like that. But I actually don't think you'd do much different. Absolutely right. Well, I've seen this, funny enough, at the cinema. A couple of times. Saw it right? at the cinema. Yeah. Watched it many times. Now, um, I think I sent you the link to my story that oh I did. Oh, my God. When we were in Chicago, I actually visited the shooting location. So really sorry I couldn't have walked with you. <laughs> the bridge, you know, where Malone and Ness meet. Imagine how much of a pest I would have been at that point. You would have been like, this happened here. And I'm like, oh, what are you talking yeah. about? But, but do you reckon now, now that you've seen the movie... Would that interest you to say this is where that big? I tell you what, was? you what you could do for me because well, I, I read, I looked at every picture, and you, yeah. let me be clear, Comedy, you did a great job of replicating the exact shot, right? The angle, yeah. The where I would want to go is the the station for the shootout. The that, staircase. I thought you did yeah. really well. That Matching painted an amazing picture to me. The bridge, man. You know some of the street streetscapes. Yes. Yeah. It, yeah. It's I get it. Yeah, I no, get I why it, you loved it. it. Yeah, loved it. Because I know the movie so well, I'm thinking, yeah, that was here and that was here. and Yeah, it was awesome. Let's talk about the cast. And Kevin Costner plays Elliot Ness. I now, forgot. I haven't even mentioned him. Oh my God. God. Let me ask you, what movies has he been in that you know of? See if you can get the Field ones of off. Field Dreams. Here. Yes. Was he in Waterworld? Yes. Because we Warm. talked about that Warm. at one point. Yeah. That was, he had an opportunity to do something else, but did yes. that instead? Waterworld, I reckon, Waterworld at the time was, was heavily bagged. I reckon underrated movie. Where's the is there Universal Studios? There's yes, a Waterworld? there's a Waterworld yeah. show and it's yeah. brilliant. It's actually yeah, yeah it's, it's actually yeah, yeah. a very good show, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Um, Kevin Costner dances no. with wolves. Dances with wolves. JFK. Forget that Yellowstone. Yellowstone. That's what, that's <laughs> what I was. That's what I was fishing for. Uh, you said you, movies. Yeah, you did. That's right, I did. Now Brian De Palma, you asked before about now. You wish you had seen this at the time to see where the where they yeah. were in their career. This was very early in Costner's career. Right. And Brian De Palma, the director, said he was a little bit hesitant casting Kevin Costner in this massive role yeah. because he was at, wasn't a, like you know Sean Connery legend, Robert De Niro legend at the time. Kevin right, Costner, yeah. Yeah, you know, right, been in a couple of movies, and he took a punt. And I think this is one of the movies that sort of propelled his career. Yeah, yeah. Like he'd been in a couple of other little movies, but this is the one that was like big budget, big stars, big director. That he nailed and helped make his career, but Brian De Palma initially said, "You know what? I'm a little bit, a little bit hesitant." Robert De Niro is Al Capone, and he's in Raging Bull, Taxi Driver, and two Heat. movies: Heat, Heat, of and, course, and 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 something else. We've done else. two Jake, movies. Oh, uh, um, um, far out. It's this tale of the little kid uh, and Set the gangsters. In the Bronx Tale. Bronx tale <laughs> yeah. He said the tale of a little yeah. kid. Tale of a little kid. Oh my God! And yeah. he was also in Joker. Remember he was in Joker? Oh, he was right, a talk okay. show host. Remember Murray in the talk show oh, that's that he right. shoots? Forgotten we watched that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was back in, that was I think show number three or something. Yeah, right. Early on, yeah. yeah. You've probably well forgotten that one already. Yes. We're going to have, you know, you realise we have to redo all these <laughs> movies probably, again. Yeah. Have the, you no, seen this one, Trev? The next, uh, the oh, next, I remember when. <laughs> the next movie, the podcast is the movies, the best movies I've forgotten. <laughs> the I've best, best movies we've all seen, <laughs> but Trevor's but, forgotten. But Trevor's forgotten, yeah. Interesting little uh, tidbit here is that Marlon Brando was offered the part of Al Capone. Right. So, you know, he was in The Godfather, right? Yeah. He was offered five million bucks for two weeks' work for the, to play Al Capone. Knocked it back. Wow. But how about that? You can replace him with Robert De Niro, who's <laughs> just uh, on fire. Ironically, 
Marlon Brando, who was the godfather. Robert De Niro plays a young Vito Corleone in Godfather Part Two. Uh, Isn't that funny that. how Marlon Brando knocked back <clears throat> Al Capone? Robert De Niro see, did. Again, going back to yeah. my wish I was uh, a fan at the time, yeah. I still struggle to understand what came first, you know, Chicken or the Egg, Godfather. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the, the chronology of all these movies and, you know, and who, where they're at in their career. Who yeah. is the first gangster in these things? Because as we've spoken before, some people just appear in these movies. Yep. Anyway. The other main star, of course, is Sean Connery, who plays Malone. And he was, of course, James Bond for in a few movies. He was in a movie, and I love this movie. It was based on a Michael Crichton novel, Rising Sun, which we will do on the show. Okay. He was in Entrapment with Catherine Zeta-Jones. Great movie. It was made around the turn of the century, so 99. No, no, Michael Douglas's wife, yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I thought she was And in Sean that, yeah. Connery is in, in that as well. He was in, we've done Hunt for Red October. Uh, he's also in Just Cause, and he was in an Indiana Jones movie, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. He played uh, Indiana Jones's father. So Harrison Ford was Indiana Jones. He played Henry Jones, and that's Sean Connery. And we just ignore his accent in all these movies? Yes, you do. Okay. Yeah. Including this one. Yes, I know. Yeah, including this one. <laughs> yeah. Although he's kind of an Irish. Irishman with a Irish slash Scottish. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> but the other, the other actor who kind of this, this sort of set him on his path too was Andy Garcia. Is he the young, young George Stone, guy, yeah, guess. yeah, and he this launched oh, he's his very movie. young in yeah this. he this launched his movie career. He was a TV actor. He got this role, and then he went on to star in Black Rain with Michael Douglas. Great okay. movie, Godfather Part Three. He's in, oh. and Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, remember he was in Ocean's Eleven. Oh wow! Have you seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes. You remember Julia Roberts' okay. ex partner? Amanda has watched it. I bet. I bet she times. has. It's her favourite. Isn't movie. that odd? Hey, eh? all those really handsome sorts. actors you watch. Oh, I has thought watched it was because she loves Las Vegas. Oh, like there that. you go. <laughs> yeah, you keep telling yourself that. Righto. Before we get to the run through, let's talk about our other great sponsor, and that's High Sense. Now we talk about watching all these great movies. You want to watch it in high quality and on a big screen, and that's exactly what you can get through High Sense. I think seventy-five, and you know what. 85 inches, let's just do it. Get into it. You're, gonna, like, you're never, ever going to say that TV's too big. Have no. you ever heard anyone say that? No one's ever said never, that. Never, ever, ever will they say that. And the good thing about the Hisense TVs, they've got their great ULED technology, gives you amazing picture quality. It's got Dolby Vision, so that's the high dynamic range so that your 4K movies look even better. But not only do they look great, they sound great as well. And that's, that's half the entertainment, I reckon. Having good sound, it really helps your enjoyment of the film. And with Dolby Atmos, it creates this virtual surround sound. And this is coming directly from the television. The television has all of this technology built in. Also has the amazing U, the VDAR-U operating system, which allows you to easily navigate the TV, find out, find your content quite quickly. But the best news about a Hisense TV is the fact that it comes with a three-year warranty. So if anyone, uh, if you want some peace of mind and you want a big TV at the same time, Hisense is the brand to look for. Check out their range at hisense.com.au. Are you ready to go back to Rock Chicago? And roll, 1930. 1930. And this is a time of prohibition, so alcohol is like illegal. And the gangsters are trying to run the the lead the black market. Yep. And so it's a time for, I love the little description they have at the start of the movie, you know, where there's like a top-down shot of someone having a, like a, 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 a yes. facial and a manicure, and you're thinking that the writing's on the side to give you a bit of a description. And then they wait a few seconds, and then they start talking. That That's actually, a, they're saying, yeah. okay, don't talk, just for 20 seconds, say nothing. 
Then the, then the guy asked him a question about, oh, you know, you're, you must be, you know, they, they must. Uh, it's a the fascinating. <coughs> it's a fascinating choice, isn't it? Because essentially, that could have been narrated. Yeah, you could have gone well. Let's narrate. No, it was written. I liked yeah. how you had to read it, so it, it gave you that information. Yeah. And I think Brian De Palma didn't want any other voice in the movie; he just wanted that that right. that little that little description. But anyway, the person who's having the manicure and the shave is Al Capone. Yeah, and uh, there's all journalists around talking about him and how you know joking about him being the you mayor. You sort of, of run you run the town. Are you why wouldn't you be the mayor of Chicago? But he's also asked about liquor and how, of course, there's a there's a trade out there. I'm responding to the will of the people <laughs> people are gonna drink you know that i know that we all know that and all i do is act on that and all this talk of bootlegging what is bootlegging on the boat it's bootlegging on lakeshore drive it's hospitality i'm a businessman so it's interesting setup here where we know the period it's set in we know that he's sort of one of the people who sort of you know people are gonna drink i'm gonna respond to that the other question he gets asked, he goes, what about your reputation of violence? And, you know, if people don't accept your thing, you respond violently. And at that same time, do you remember what happened when the guy was shaving him? Cuts he him. cuts him. Now, I, I, and, I and, the, and the I barber was thinking, uh-oh. I didn't yeah. rewind it, but I, uh, <clears throat> I saw it and thought, Jesus, this bloke's dead. Yeah. Then I also thought he also, Al Capone uh, uh, moves suddenly as a result of what someone says to him. So I thought he might have... Brought it on himself. Yeah. He made a sudden move, and that's what made the barber cut him. Absolutely right. It's a I solid should... amount of blood for a uh, shaving cut, though. Yeah, it's decent. Well, it's a cutthroat. It was a cutthroat race, yeah. wasn't it? I should mention, too, I should have mentioned at the top, there is uh, maybe some explicit language in this in this program. I should have mentioned that at the very top, but it's a soon enough warning before you hear yeah, anything. Absolutely, so, yes. Uh, later on, I, I do know there's a bit of audio with uh, a couple of F-words in it. I thought I'd let you know that. But he's asked a question about... You know, he's, he's asked about the responding violently and, he, and he, he talks about his childhood and sort of the neighbor he, neighborhood he grew up in. I grew up in a tough neighborhood. And we used to say you can get further with a kind word and a gun than you can with just a kind word. <laughs> <laughs> and in that neighborhood, it might have been true. And sometimes the reputation follows you. There is violence in Chicago, of course, but not by me and not by anybody I employ. And I'll tell you why, because it's not good business. So he's, he's kind of saying, look, don't look at me. I know there's violence. It's not me. He's also <laughs> just saying, he, he also just, the underlying comment here is, it's not my fault. It's prohibition. Like, yeah. I'm just responding. I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Whatever happens, happens. But he's not admitting to anything. And I think that's a really interesting quick transition from, you know, if there's violence, it's not by me. Because then you, you cut to this scene in like a like a bar. Yeah. Like, it's like a bar. Like but a milk with, bar, without, like a drugstore sort but, of But thing, it looks yeah. to me like it used to be a bar. When there's alcohol, yeah. it yeah. was a bar. Yeah. But now it's, you know, your corner store. And this cute little girl comes in. She's got a little, like a little, uh, little tin pot, little looking container, for a to container. Get some, some milk or something. She says milk. I didn't yeah. really acknowledge that. Yeah, you know the bar owner's getting like super pressured, isn't he? Yeah, he's like he says he goes, it's not there to be enjoyed; it's there to be bought. And then, access to him, yeah. and there's another dude sitting down the bar. This little girl gets her milk, and she's he's he's behind the bar pouring. There's a dude down the bar, and he he gets his briefcase and he turns a lock on it, like he turns a yeah. as if to unlock it or lock it. But then he gets up and walks out, and mate, this scene. I've got to tell you, hard to rewatch, hard so, to so think the, about. The girl, the says, girl oh, says, oh, mister, you forgot you missed, your suitcase. You forgot your suitcase. Yeah. She grabs the suitcase, and as soon as she grabs the suitcase, I went, fuck, it's a bomb. Yeah, and she bang. walks to the door, yeah, and, man. mate, that's a that's a That was a shock, wasn't it? That's shocking, yeah, yeah. You, you think, didn't expect that, did you? No. Did you think, I oh, knew it was bag. a bomb. 
Uh, did but you? I kind yeah, of right. expected she'd go out and he'd be like, oh, my God, or something. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I did not expect that. Yeah, that's a shock to the system. Yeah. Um, next thing we see is um, someone preparing lunch, and it's I think you, you've worked out that it's Elliot Ness's wife, and she's making him cutting up his little carrot sticks and yeah. writing a little love note. And yep, she tears you off see, the You see she's pregnant too. You yep. see the side on she's expecting. And the person, and I, I like this scene, how you never see his face. Nope. You see this person from behind, and he's got in front of him, quite obviously, the headline yeah. of the woman, the girl who died in the yeah. bomb, right? Yeah. And he gets a kiss from his wife, and um, the she gives him his lunch, and, and off he goes. Next thing we see is that, obviously, that person is Elliot Ness. And yeah. the next thing we see is him front and centre at a press conference talking about, you know, he's from the Department of Treasury and he's going to fight the illegal trade of liquor and really sort of defending himself to say, look, this, is, this isn't just a showpiece. We are here to do a job. And it just says, look, whether you drink or not, he's talking to his, to his officers then a little bit later on, I, th- I think, one of the reporters even asked, look, let me come with you and do yeah. this. But he's sort of saying, look, it's the law of the land. He meets the men afterwards, the press conference, and said, look, I know if you've had a drink, that's up to you. But look, if we're going to be doing this, you got to be, you got to be, you got to get off it. Yeah. From this point yeah. on, you can't be yeah. sneaking a drink because it'll be, it defeats the You're purpose breaking of- the law. Yeah. Yeah. And so... He gets a tip, though. He tells he tells this crew about a tip of a big whiskey consignment that's coming into yeah. the city, right? Next thing we see is this stakeout and raid, and he's sitting in the truck with uh, next to one of the officers, and I think he sees the the note that his wife writes, and, and he says, oh, a little smile on his face, and he goes, oh, I have a little note from my wife. And he asks, he, I think, does he ask, there's a guy next to him, is he married? Yeah. He's married, he's got a kid in that day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's nice, nice, nice to be married. be married, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. But then he sees the bloke. The, remember, he said, looks down near down the passage and sees a a, a a person, and they go out to investigate. And it turns out it's that reporter. Remember, yeah. he says, "Come, let me ride With along his camera with and everything." Yeah, and uh, do you love how he turns around and he accidentally, accidentally sets it off? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> blinds him. So he's there along for the ride. He says, "Look, let me help you." He's sort of trying to get the scoop. The next thing we see, did you see this plow truck? The truck comes around the corner. This yeah. massive plow. It's like you think of the the SWAT SWAT teams they have in yeah. America today, or our, you know, whatever we <laughs> call them. The protesters here. the other way. You know, it's those big trucks. This is a friggin' snow plow on yeah, the like a big one on the yeah. front. They get a ram a joint to, to to perform this raid looking yeah. for this uh, illegal whiskey. And he he says, uh, I think before they drive in, he goes, "Let's do some good." And he describes the fact that the crates are marked with the red maple leaf. So it's an obvious thing to look out. He for. says the crates with the whiskey yeah. are marked with the red maple leaf because I'll be honest. I, as soon as they rammed the place, I yeah. knew this was a bust. This yeah. was not a good uh, raid because every crate had a maple leaf on it. Yeah, like all ah, right. It, it, it. I I read the. The, the the maple leaf thing is being there'll be like a hundred crates and two of them will have a maple leaf on it. Yeah. Those will be the ones we They'll want to all grab. with the maple leaf. Exactly. Right. And it's like, well, this is not yeah. well, has it? But they go they go through and, and he actually ends up letting the photographer come in, he goes, Yeah, come in and yeah, here we go. He goes, take a photo of this. So he's about to break open the case. Now, did you like I love this bit where he breaks it open, gets there's like straw and packing straw yeah. inside and you see what looks like the end of a bottle? As he pulls it out, it looks yeah. like a champagne It looks bottle. like a bottle, doesn't it? And then he pulls it out, and it's an umbrella. And he opens it up, <laughs> smiles or frowns or whatever you want to call it, yeah. and the photographer gets his photo, which then is the front page is of the him, paper. Is him with the, with the umbrella. But just a note on Elliot Ness. Like, you know how they're all armed, they've got guns and everything, right? In real life, Elliot Ness disliked guns, and he'd often wore, wear an empty holster on duty. 
He just disliked guns so much. You'd think being a Treasury officer, he'd have it all the time. And he never shot anyone in his entire career. Even though this raid, there were guns and everything happening. Yeah. Just keep that in mind. He doesn't shoot anybody in his whole career. Anyway, but what, as you said, that photo comes back to haunt him. Uh, I think was the uh, poor butterfly, uh, the the Madam Butterfly reference. Yep. And he looks at the headline, and he sort of had a rough day on the job. He's thinking he's out on the bridge. This isn't is he? this is yeah. But the, as he's walking back across the bridge, he throws a piece of paper off the bridge just as Malone is walking by. He goes police officer. Yeah. What did you have to do that for? And and he, I think he asked him. He goes, "Mate, haven't you got something better to do?" He goes, "Yeah, but I'm not doing it right now." But he does notice something. Okay, pal, why the Mahashka? Why are you packing the gun? I'm a treasury officer. All right. Just remember what we talked about now. Wait a minute. What the hell kind of police you have in this goddamn city, huh? What do they teach you? You just turned your back on an armed man. You're a treasury officer. Yeah, how do you know that? I just told you I was. Who would claim to be that <laughs> who was not? Hmm? What's your name and unit? It's right here. You got a beef. What is it? How did you know I had a gun? What do you want? A free lesson in police work? <laughs> so that was the meeting of Ness and Malone. Yep. yep. Malone's a beat cop. And that, that was that bridge where they met on was in my story. Did you see the comparison? That that's in the yes. downtown Chicago. That's one, one of the of main bridges. Things, yeah, yes. yeah. Um next thing we see, this is a really interesting thing that you see the remember the headline that, that you see that, that Ness sees with about yeah. the poor butterfly, the, the dud raid, the raid yeah, yeah, being yeah. a failure. Then you see the pile of newspapers tossed on the ground. The little kid picks it up and takes it into the Lexington Hotel. And I love this shot that follows the newspaper. So the newspaper gets taken off the stack, goes inside. You see the front desk. You see the guy carrying up the tray of food. The newspaper's put on the tray, and they go into into a hotel room, and we see that it's Al Capone's hotel room. Did you like that? How they did that? It was yeah, it's not, good not much. Yeah, it was this, uh, the point of view scene that ta- it enters that the camera goes into the hotel, takes the elevator up to Capone's penthouse, and then enters the bedroom. Now that was meant to be, according to the notes on the DVD, that was meant to be symbolic of the FBI's attempt to bring Capone to justice. So all the in- exterior shots were red until you went to Capone's bedroom, which is all a different colour, very <laughs> bright and colourful, which says that um, Capone is surrounded by blood, but none of it actually touches him. Oh, right, yeah, yes. It's quite symbolic in the colours there. Uh, next thing we see is the cop station, and uh, one of the cops ridiculing him goes, well, then, he, then he says, let's do some good, and then we, yeah. we had a bust. You can tell they're all, like, because basically all these They're all making fun of him think now. he's a joke. They yeah. think he's, him being here is a joke. They think dealing with, uh, you know, prohibition's a joke. They seemingly yeah. don't really support yeah. the, uh, the the law. And some smart has taped the headline to his door. <laughs> to the, the, best, door. the best thing is, though, he, he doesn't rip it off. You know, like in any other TV show, maybe you'd be, rip it off, I'm yeah. angry. He peels it off, yeah, real slow. Then he walks into his office. 
and he pins it up on an, on the yeah. notice board. He wants to be reminded about it. That's yeah. that's now his yeah. benchmark. That's now his inspiration. He's thinking, right? We'll show you guys. Yeah. And uh, so, but the thing the thing that we that really struck me here was also there's a there's a woman sitting outside yes. his office. And that's the mother of the girl who she, died in the bomb. She comes in and introduces herself. Yeah, and she says, "Look, I know you're a family man. You got children yourself. Please, you know, make bring this guy to justice and bring yeah. the people who did this to justice." And that, that was a touching moment. I thought. Uh, she says, "Yeah, I know you have children too." So yeah. Anyway, next thing we see is him thinking, "Well, you know what? I've got to, I've got to put a team together here, mate." As yeah. soon as I'll be honest, as soon as he had that interaction on the bridge, yeah, I'm like, "He's going to use this guy. This yeah, is his does. guy." Yeah, and he goes you know, back to see him. Yeah. He's going to build a team. He he's obviously hating on because first and foremost, you don't need any other um, context to think yep. there's a leak. Because how did yeah. the maple leaf thing not come off? Well, it was how bad. did that go bad? Bad intel, or you're right, a leak. Yeah, yeah. So, so something went wrong in that raid. Yeah, you're right. And so his trust levels now, yeah, are, they're gone. So he's saying he needs a small <coughs> group, and and Sean Connery's telling him, he goes, look, I'm just a beat cop, and he goes. You're a good cop. He goes, how do you know that? He goes, you told me <laughs> that you're a good cop. Throws his own words back at him. And then he says, look, you know what? I wish I had met you 10 years and 20 pounds ago. He goes, yeah. sorry, no. I mean, yeah. thank yeah. you, but no. So you're thinking that, okay, bust. That's a bust. Yeah. And I, I love this next little short <laughs> bit where it's a sort of a little snapshot of his home life. They're listening to the wireless. They, uh, they're back then in the 1930s. Yeah, you sit no by TV. the radio, yeah. They're all sitting by the radios laughing. I think they'll listen to Amos and Andy or some show and sort of shows the home and family life of Elliot Ness. Uh, next day at the office, though, you see uh, Ness walk in and we see Oscar. He finds Oscar Wallace sitting at, sitting his, desk. at his desk. He's thinking, um, can I help you? And he goes, oh, I've been assigned by the Washington Bureau. And he says, uh, you know what? Al Capone has not filed a tax return since 1926. And he goes, income tax? Yeah. Do you love how he, he looks around and he walks back out of the room and goes, he thinks someone's pranking him. He, yeah. he sort of goes out and he goes, looks around, comes back in again. And then... As he's as he's walking outside to see who the pranksters are, he sees Malone walk back in. Remember Malone, the cop. Yep. And uh, he says, "Look, you want to come with me?" He goes, "Well, let's talk around." He goes, "No, no, these yep. walls these have walls ears. These walls have ears." Yes. So then they go into the church and have their little chat. You said you wanted to know how to get Capone. Do you really want to get him? You see what I'm saying? What are you prepared to do? Everything within the law. And then what are you prepared to do? If you open the ball on these people, Mr. Nash, you must be prepared to go all the way. Because they won't give up the fight until one of you is dead. I want to get Capone. I don't know how to get him. Want to get Capone? Here's how you get him. He pulls a knife, you pull a gun. He sends one of yours to the hospital, you send one of his to the morgue. That's the Chicago way. That's how you get Capone. Great so, church conversation, really. Yeah, and interesting spot. The they, they chose the church, I imagine, because they think it's going to be no one's going to be listening to there them. There. No There's no bugs in, the in church, there. And, surely, yeah. so, uh, and he asked him, "Look, are you ready to do that?" And uh, he asked him this: "The Lord hates a coward. Do you know what a blood oath is, Mister Ness? Yes. Good, because you just took one. So I didn't really understand that." The blood oath. He sort of said, "Look, you've you've said to me what you want to do, and I've said to you how we need to do it. That's our blood oath. We're going to do it together." 
that that's how I understood that to be. Fair enough. Blood oath. They didn't actually cut each other's fingers. I know. That's what I expected yeah. to be like a blood that was, brothers that thing. That was a blood oath. A bloodless yeah. blood oath. Let's okay, call that. Very good. Now, in the DVD commentary, right? Sean Connery says uh, the to film the the blood oath scene, which we just heard between Ness and Malone. That was his idea to shoot it in a church. Oh. Originally, it was going to take place on the street outside the cop. So yeah, but. Um, in the same scene, that so, so he felt a church would be the only safe place in Chicago. Uh, and the two characters have, uh, they make their commitment to each other. Now, also did you notice, in this scene, if you're a real movie nerd and sort of camera nerd, the close-ups of both Malone and Ness were shot using a split-focus diopter. Right? Now, what this means is that it's half convex glass in front of the actual lens which makes one half nearsighted and the other farsighted to keep them both in focus so did you notice that like he was in the no. background and they were both in focus the result is having both of them so sean Connery's a little bit further back um costner's close to the camera they're both in focus so no need to switch focus between the two right uh, it's often used uh, brian de palma's used it as a signature piece he's used it in a few of his movies before that and I think one of the things that that uh, that Malone says here he goes, look, we need to if we're going to build this team, he sort of intimates us, look, we we've got to we've got to if, if there's something if there's a rotten apple, you don't go to the barrel, you go to the tree. Such a good line. Yeah. So he goes rather than risking it with um, trying to find someone an established, bitter, corrupt police yeah. policeman. We need to go where they train Because you know what's love, like, great about that line is, when this is a rotten apple, you don't go to the barrel, you go to the tree. And I thought, to myself, what are you talking about? And then I, I immediately went, police academy. Yeah. Like, it, it, it made so Oof. much sense yeah. in the context of the police station. So they get up to the police station, and yeah. they, they ask the guy, they say, look, give me two of your best marksmen, your best shots yeah. in the class. He goes, oh, they, well, let's bring these two. And the bloke, the bloke he brings out, the first bloke, he's a dope. real dopey bloke, saying, oh, yeah, he well, I want to be a police shoot, officer. But he's a dope. And I love how Ed Malone says, he gives this mumbling answer. To he, protect goes, and... he goes, there's the first, next future chief of police. Yeah. <laughs> As he walks away bumbling, there's yeah. the next, there goes the yeah. next chief of police. But then he brings out uh, young George Stone. Yeah. And uh, he, he see, he's one of the other good shots in there as well. Stone. George Stone. That's your name? What's your real name? That is my real name. Now, what was it before you changed it? Giuseppe Petri. Jeez, I knew it. That's all you need, one thieving whop and the team. (laughs) What's that you say? I said that you're a lying member of a no-good race. It's much better than you, you stinking Irish pig. Oh, I like him. <laughs> yeah, I like him too. <laughs> he just joined the Treasury Department. <laughs> that was it's, a great it's, scene. It's, it's I love that scene. It's one of the best scenes in the movie, That's actually. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And he, get, he shows him he's not going to take What's any his shit. Name? Um, Garcia. Andy Garcia. He, like, he's great. Oh, he's like, that's a really good scene. Yeah, and him imagine being, that. Him being a good shot plays in the movie later. But also, imagine yeah. that scene as Andy Garcia. Oh, but you just come out of TV and yeah. you're now playing essentially one on one with Sean Connery and Kevin Costner. Pretty good. But I love that he, he was testing him out, wanted to see how he fires up. 
Yeah, you go. Oh, he's, he's a little bit racist, I reckon. Sean Maloney. Yeah, but calls I, him a wop. But that plays that plays to the thirties in Chicago, right? Perhaps. Like Chicago, yes, of course. It's a race yeah. war town. Whether yeah. it's uh, you know black, Irish, yeah, yes. there's so many mixture different. for sure. Yeah. Uh, next thing we see is the one of the p- policemen giving Ness the report and basically telling him nothing new. Um, we see Malone walk back in. He goes, "Where, where are we going?" He goes, "Oh, we're going on a liquor raid." And then he tell he sees just, he sees Oscar the the accountant the yeah. dude from the treasury, and he uh, he assigns him to the task. Now, are you ready to go to work? Where are we going? On a liquor raid. Need another man. And that's just very interesting. I found a financial disbursement pattern here, which shows some irregular. You carry a badge? Yes. Carry a gun. Carry so, a badge. Carry a gun. gun. So Oscar, he's sort of this nerdy accountant. Yeah, he's, he's an accountant. Yeah. He's just been thrown Suddenly a gun. been given a shotgun. And you, you expect him to be like, oh my God, what's happening? But then he's like, oh, this is cool. He embraces like, it. He's, yeah, like, he's yeah, in for it. That's and I, I love this scene because it, it, it's a, you know, it's Malone leading the way. It's like, hang on a minute, what's going on here? This bloke now has some intel. Yeah. They're going on a liquor raid. They walk across the street and they, they turn to go into a building which you find it as the post office. Yeah. And they walk through the entry of the post office with all the people, yeah. you know, doing their normal but, thing. No, but before but, they do that, like Ness is saying, he goes, what, here? We're going to go here? Yeah. He goes, we know where it all is. No one's, everyone's too scared to cross Capone. So you're right, what we're saying, they go in the I, post office. I love office. the fact that in the post office, they're just storming through with these four or five guns in their hands. Yeah. And the people are like, what's going on here? They, <laughs> they, a couple of them do cower and, and you yeah. know, get down. Thinking, what's happening? But it's also a little bit normalised. <laughs> They've got guns in Chicago. And he just goes around the backs, goes to like a... A back room, doesn't he? Yeah, and it said like a closed, stairwell. Yeah, it said that. It says closed. Don't only. use this entrance. There was a sign saying shut. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it's time to go to work. If you walk through this door now, you're walking into a world of trouble. And there's no turning back. You understand? Yes, I do. Good. <laughs> Give me that action. like the bit where the guy goes up to him and goes, yeah, this is no good. Yes, where's your permit? And then Malone goes, bang, cracks him with the gun. He goes, there's your permit. <laughs> there's your permit. <laughs> so they're into it now, mate. And uh, I love the next scene where they're at dinner. They're sort of celebrating their success, yeah. you know. Yeah. And I think what uh, Sean Connery pulls out, he goes, he goes, what's that? He goes, oh, I'm with a heathen. You know, this is the medal for St. Jude, which is apparently the saint for lost causes and policemen. And policemen. Can you believe that? They're being the same. At one point he says to the to Andy Garcia's character, he says, yeah. what do you want to be? Yeah. You know, he goes, I want, I want to be a cop. He goes, yeah. why? And then he goes, to protect and serve. The, those that they joked what, about what they and asked him. And that bloody little academy. reporter walks in with his camera. Yeah. And I yeah. love this because he says, can I get a picture? And um, Kevin Costner's like, yeah, you can get a picture, but not for publication, yeah. just for us. For us. Yeah, it's nice. Which is important. It shows in the later of the movie. Yeah, but that's it's, great. Uh, you can imagine that because at the time... Mm. There wouldn't be a lot of cameras, right? No. Well, it's a, it's a big deal to take a so photo. It's not like today where you just snap so away. So did that photo really exist? Did it really happen? Uh, I don't know. I okay. don't think so. That would be interesting yeah. because if it did, it would show a real peace, uh, real presence of mind. Yeah. Because they have the, the, the ability to yeah, capture yeah. a moment like that Bloody would be earth. quite rare, unlike Bloody today. Earth. Yeah. Uh, next thing we see, Al Capone is at his dinner. He's standing up and uh, he's talking about... You know what gives him joy? You would have loved this. He's talking about baseball and how you know that what what's the, what's the team all about? And it's all about sort of individual effort and being part of a team. A man, 
A man stands alone at a plate. This is the time for what? For individual achievement. There he stands alone. But in the field, what? Part of a team. Looks, throws, catches, hustles, part of one big team. Bats himself to live long day, Babe Ruth, Ty Cobb, and so on. <laughs> this team don't field. What is he? You follow me? No one. Sunny day, stands are full of fans. What does he have to say? I'm going out there for myself. <laughs> but I get nowhere unless the team wins. Team. Pretty brutal. Did that shock you, mate? <clears throat> that was a shocking. No, scene, I knew it? exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. As soon as he so he had the baseball, as soon as he started walking around, yeah, I knew. You see the look on his face. Talking changes. about team, he's talking about the individuals, yeah. mate. He was going to crack someone's head. I loved how he the look on it. He came behind <clears throat> a certain person, the look on his face completely changed. He went right here. He is here. Now that scene is actually based <coughs> on a true event. Wow. Where he had a there was a he held his dinner party and beats these men to death. May the 7th, 1929 is when that Jesus. was alleged to have happened. Two of Capone's hitmen, they apparently had hatched a plot to assassinate him and take over the gang. Uh, but he heard about it and invited them, invited them all to dinner and uh, beat the, these two guys to death with a baseball bat. Wow. So he sort of... Uh, Got ahead of that. Got ahead of the story. Let's just say. Yeah, don't mess with the bloke, yeah. eh? But uh, yeah, he's. Uh, that apparently happened. Another theory, though, was that that dinner scene was based on an incident in Cicero, Illinois, in February '29, two weeks after the most notorious murder in Chicago gangland history. And unlike in the the movie, Al Capone did not execute one, but three disloyal associates who were plotting to assassinate him. So there's. Wow. Two different stories about he. Bottom line is there right. were there was a plot is, to assassinate him. He killed don't the people. Don't cross him, he'll kill you. Yeah, that's right. Um, next thing we see is Ness uh, at home and he's tucking his daughter in. They have got their little routine. Have you got this little it's routine cute. with your yeah, daughter? Absolutely. The little Eskimo kisses and the butterflies. Yep, got it all. Yeah, that's yeah, cute. That's cute. cute. Oh, but the, it's much. This is a great <laughs> scene because he tucks the daughter in. He's yeah. had a hard day at work. Yeah, he's going downstairs. His wife crosses him in the stairs and says, "Where are you going? Where he goes, you going? I'm going to do some work." She goes. Haven't you got any energy left? You still got some energy left? And she goes, come brush my hair. <laughs> I'm like, giddy, giddy up, baby. Up. I think I wrote in my notes, yeah. giddy up Elliot is yeah, what I've written exactly uh, in my notes. Never a clearer signal <laughs> was sent, my man. They're waving you in. Yeah, get him <laughs> Yeah, no baseball bats involved here. Just uh, no. waving into home plate. Uh, in the office the next day, he holds up the newspaper headline, the successful newspaper headline about the, yeah. uh, the, the raid. Um, but then you hear, you still hear an Oscar Wallace like going on about uh, all the diverse he'll, business he's interests. He's about business and tax. He, and he, he says to me, I think this is the first time we hear that he goes, we can get him on tax evasion. Yeah. He goes, really? Tax evasion? 
And then remember the dude that comes in and yeah, he goes, a oh, heavy Mr. comes Ness. in. Yeah, he comes in and, and Ness puts like, an envelope on the desk. But Ness like sends the boys out, so he's got to have this meeting with this bloke. But the bloke yeah. tries to bribe him, and so yeah. he calls the others in. Yeah, I think very. I can imagine this being an Elliot Ness thing. Calls the other three in to witness so that it. they can witness him. Tell him to get stuffed, throw the money back at him, yeah. and, you know, move on. Tell him to go his own way. And this is where he says, look, you know, he throws the envelope back. He goes, and then he's, remember the guy says to him, he goes, oh, what, do you think you're untouchable? He goes, everyone is gettable. Everyone is touchable. And that's where sort of the, 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 the term came from. But the envelope, we, nev- we never knew the amount of money inside the envelope, right? The amount inside is never shown. We don't know. No. We know. Now, in real life... Al Capone apparently promised Elliot Ness $2,000 on his desk every Monday morning if he turned a blind eye. So he tried to bribe him. He really did try to bribe him. So if he sort of just let his bootlegging activities happen without him doing anything, that would have added up. That that was like $2,000 in 1930. That's like $30,000 in today's money. Yeah. So, But he said, no, not going to do it. Uh, next thing we see, he's walking home. He's got, a, I think, a little present in his hand. Yep. And there's this creepy dude outside. Hey, nice house. I said, nice house. You live there? <laughs> little girl's having a birthday, huh? Yes. Nice to have a family. Yes, it is. Man should take care. See that nothing happens to. It's a solid threat. Yeah, and you know, I just want to mention too, the music in the movie is remarkable. That was sort of a, a, a taste of it. The, I reckon the music in this movie is really good. Yeah, and, and it's used in different ways. It, it really adds to the mood and the feel of the movie. I, yeah, I love it. But this, this is uh, this is obviously the first, uh, apart from that that kind of bribe in the office, the first yeah. direct threat to yes. to Ness, and it freaks him out because he's got a daughter and a pregnant wife. Yep. Runs upstairs with a gun in his hand, by the way. Yeah. Straight to his daughter's room, and it's actually really well shot because it's tied yeah. on the door, and the and the and it comes out to the bed. The bed's empty, and very quickly, yeah, it, it goes wide, so you can see the girl is just sitting there, sitting at a desk on the other side of the room. Yes. Yeah. A little bit of he would he would have uh, unless he's got a peripheral vision problem, he would have seen his daughter straight away. <laughs> no, but with running that fast, and I, yeah. I reckon it was. I love how those, I the camera it was, was tight. Pretty yeah, well. yeah, I thought it was, it was timed well. A lot of a lot of fans of this movie thinking he's going to open the door. He's not going to see his daughter sitting there straight away. The camera effect, I understand, was done for effect, quite nice. But we find out that okay, thank God his daughter's safe. And the next thing he's doing is okay, we're going to get, get out of here. Together, so he, yep. he calls them together, take his family to another location. Malone arrives. I love this when Malone was turning up and they they pulled the guns out thinking who's this bloke. Yeah. And then all Malone, the car, you got to remember in nineteen thirty, all the cars look the same. Yeah. And then Malone gets out and he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, can we trust that officer? He goes, yeah, he'd better be. We'd better. He's my cousin. <laughs> and he says, look, you know, took yeah. the wife and daughter away. Um, so we we hear though as well that they've got news of a shipment that's going to be coming in over the border, which we, we hear about later. So and this is Malone sharing this news yes. too. So it's like, yeah. this is the second Good time intel. you realise Malone's the guy bringing the news. Yes. Which is important. So I think he, from here he says, look, after he gets the news, I think Ness says, I want to hurt Capone. He's sort of motivated to really get this bastard. So uh, they hear about the shipment. And then did you like this next scene? They're sort of tight on um, Ness. And Wallace is still gibbering about, you know, he made $3 million in income. And he goes, do you want to try a murderer for not paying his taxes? He goes, well, better than nothing. 
And I love how the camera pulls out and you see they're on a plane. Did you notice that? What, what did you think initially? It was a bus or something? Did you think of where, where they were? No, I didn't give it any thought. Yeah, it was it was well done. So the pull out, and I, I think how they shot it, it was obviously a plane that's on the ground, but they made it look like they were flying. It sort of was dark in the background. And yeah, yeah. I, I think it was quite good. Then we're at the stakeout. And here's when they meet with the Mounties. So the guys, they uh, they say, look, they, they lay out the plans. They goes, you're going to engage from the Canadian side. And um, they, they sort of work out what they're going to do. And Ness uses his line, let's take the fight to them as well. And um, I love this bit where they're all sitting inside that house and they're all impatient. Yeah. And he tells Ness, he goes, look, just relax. It's going to happen. Malone goes around and gives everyone a bit of advice. Remember when, yeah, he, goes to, when he goes to the young bloke? Yeah. He's, he goes, have you cleaned it already? Yes, Put yeah. it away. Then leave it alone. He goes, what about the – and Oscar Wallace, he says to him, he goes, well, he goes, oh, I'm a bit cold. He goes, you know what you do? Stamp your feet. And he does, he goes, stupidly. 25 years on the beat, oh, you learn those sort of stuff. And uh, so he sort of – you could tell, okay, this bloke knows his shit. He's yeah. in control. We're, we're yes. waiting for this result. So they're still waiting for the shipment to turn up, and then they see suddenly the cars starting to appear on the bridge. And remember, he said, "Look, when I flash the badge, that's your signal." Yes. But they jump the gun. Yeah. And they so they're racing down that's the hill. It. The bloody Canadians are on their way, giving so, giving them time to you know actually get away, yeah. which ruins the whole plan. But but, but they sort of get to the bridge. Uh, they jump on these four horses that were out the back. Don't you love how they just jump on these horses and away they go? Well, that was always the plan. Yeah, but, but they're, yeah, they're, they're, so they're, they're riding off, uh, four of them together. They ride towards the bridge. Firefight breaks out. Um, you you see people trying to escape and um, you know, Ness ch- chases a man to the house. You see all this this action going well, on. The young bloke gets shot. Yeah, gets hit in the arm. well, he but yeah, but the, he gets wounded. But then Ness, remember when he goes to the house and sort of the guy, he's trying to the guy goes into the house and remember he throws the a grenade. He throws a grenade to 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 uh, distract him and then he sees the grenade to force him back in the house and he's got his gun drawn and. The bloke pulls his gun out and Ness kills him and, and he feels bad. He goes, I told you guys, what did you do that for? Yeah, I told Why you. Listen you. to me. So he so you can tell that as a character, he doesn't want people to die. He wants the no. he, he doesn't want bloodshed. He wants, you were saying though he never yeah. did really in like real life. That's kill right. Anyone. Never ever shot a gun in his life. So that kind of sort of t- plays on that how he was never really one to engage that way. And I think what they do is they take bad their license it. and go, We really need to shoot this guy. Yeah. And so what you course, do is you say, Let's make sure he reacts the way that Elliot Ness would have. Yeah. Elliot Ness never he feels shot bad him, about right? it. Yeah, he feels bad. It's a great reaction. Yeah, he says, "Mate," no, and he says, yeah. "Why don't you listen to me?" Yeah, I know. Yeah. So anyway, Malone has brought the uh, the bookkeeper or someone to the house, and Wallace is looking through the ledger. He goes, "There's a lot of lot of money changing hands here. This is this is incredible." So he's sort of asking him, wants to know a little bit more. What is this? Nothing. It's nothing it's you can nothing? make out of uh-huh. it. What is this? If we can establish that any of these coded entries indicate payment to Capone, then we can put Capone away. I want you to tell us which one of these entries is Al Capone's. It's A. Costa. Is that your code name for Capone? You're going to do the whole thing in the joint unless you help us here, pal. I huh? want you to translate this ledger for us. In hell. In hell? Mucking with a G here, pal. You're going to hang high on Heyman unless you cooperate. This man can finger Al Capone. This man can put Capone behind bars. Why don't you guys just fuck off? So Malone lays into him and goes, no, no, don't do that. Did you love this bit? Did you love this bit? Yeah. Where he's angry at him. He punched him, remember? Yeah, yeah. And do you remember what he does next? Malone? He punches him, yeah, and... There's the, remember the dude, the yeah, dude the, that the he dude shot that was outside. <laughs> he grabs him, yeah. puts this dead. He's dead. We know he's dead. Puts him up against the window. Hey, come on, dude. On your feet. 
Genius. <laughs> he gets the message. He's Genius. Saying, okay, I right love on. that move. Now, I think the last thing he goes, now ask him what it's know and let him clean himself later. <laughs> so he's like, he reckons he shit himself. So um, the next bit we see Al Capone's reaction. One of his men comes in and tells him about the shipment. What? They got the shipment. What? They got the whole shipment. I want that son of a bitch dead. I want him dead. I want him dead. I'm dead. What shirt. am I alone in this world? Did I ask no. you what you're trying to do? No, Did I ask no, you what no, you're no, trying no. to do? Please. I want you to get this fuck where he breathes. I want you to find this Nancy boy, Elliot Ness. I want him dead. I want his family dead. I want his house burnt to the ground. I want to go to the middle of the night. I want to piss on his ass. So he's pissed <laughs> off a bit. <laughs> we see, though, that uh, the next scene is Elliot Ness with his new son. Yeah. And they're talking about his name. And apparently he, he'd missed the birth. He was up with the raid and his yeah. wife had gave birth. And it's not like, you know, back then, back you know, then you're not was, in the room. Yeah. You, your wife That's goes right. and has the baby. Then you find out later. Um, and then she just asks him, I think, are you being careful? Make sure. Uh, next thing we see, they're talking about issuing a subpoena for Al Capone. Because remember, they've got the book. They've yep. got the bloke who's going to agree. They've got the agree. book. They've got the yeah. bloke that can uh, translate it. He's agreed yeah. to help. Done deal. So he's facing 28 <clears throat> years jail. And Wallace is there, who's really cocky. Remember on the bridge, he was shooting people and snuck a drink of whiskey. And mm. Remember, he was really yeah, yeah. sort of out there thinking, wow, this he's is a bloke with the book who... Peak. Bookkeeper. So he's with the bookkeeper he going down in the goes lift. Goes in the lift, and mate, as soon as he gets in the lift, Ooh. as soon as the door shuts, I know he's dead. Well, did you see? I love it how they shot this, where the, the last so the, li- the lift operator has sort of got his face into the corner, and then he they, they remember he goes, "Remember, go down, don't stop." He goes, "Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah." And then the bloke that comes out to shut the door is the bloke outside the house. Remember, yeah. Frank Nitty, his name yeah. is, and he shuts the door really well. That you're thinking, "Ah, oh, shit," you know that he's a bad yeah. guy. He's, he's yeah. infiltrated the joint. Um, they're upstairs. They hear the shots. Yeah. And I think one of them, remember one of the policemen looks out the window. Yeah. And sees, sees the dead officer and then sees Nitty in this leading So it took lift. me a while to realise, so that's, Nitty has killed the officer, got his uniform gone up and done on yeah, the side. So, because I'm like, who's the dude dead outside? Well, he probably killed him to get up the elevator. To get his uniform. Yeah, yeah. Yes. So we see that, you know, they find the cop dead in the alley. Did you see though, in the lift, they they run. I think what Ness and Malone run. They open the lift up. They see all the you know Wallace is dead and the, they're right the, in the blood. Bookkeeper, touchable, touchable in blood. And they hang him. Shit. They hang him not by, by his neck, but by his yeah, by, by his, his shirt tie. up yeah, on the thing. Yeah, yeah. That's, ter- that's terrible. Um, the character of Oscar Wallace, which is played by Charles Martin Smith, I'm sure you've seen him. I don't know if you've Maybe. seen him in a few other movies. It was loosely based on Frank Wilson. So he was an an IRS agent who worked to help have Capone indicted for income tax evasion. Right, right. Now, Wilson had been working on that task since 1928 and apparently had nearly nothing to do with Ness and the Untouchables in real life. So he was not, Wilson was not killed by Capone, though apparently Capone put a contract out on his life, but was never carried out. Right. Yeah. Uh, But the next thing we see, this is a great scene too, where um, Ness is pissed off. 
and decides to walk over to the, the Lexington Hotel yep. to confront Capone. Now, meanwhile, you see Malone's in with the other cops and he's saying, he goes, look, uh, I hate to see something happen to you. Like, this cop obviously knows something, right? Yeah. So did you see this scene where he goes, why don't you get out of the city? He was telling Malone. He's obviously yeah. thinking, mate, they're after you too, sort of. Yeah, it was a little bit telling. Get out yeah. of the city, yeah, yeah. But um, next next thing we see is Ness has gone over to um, to the hotel and has I, – I love the bit of the study. He goes, my friend got killed today. And the guy goes, I don't care. And, 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 and he just cracks him. He, Ness cracks him. But um, we, we then see he confronts Capone. Come out here, Capone. You want to fight? You want to fight you and me right here? That's it. Come on. Somebody, you afraid to come out from behind your men? You afraid to stand up for yourself? You want to do it now? No. You want to yeah. go out mad now? Come yeah. on, you can't, son of a bitch. What? Easy. You talk to me like that in front of my son? Yeah. Fuck you and your family. Easy. <laughs> hey. It's me. It's me. It's me. Not this way. Not this way. You know, fuck, you got nothing. There's not a lot of talk in the You're here because you got nothing. You got nothing in court. You don't got the bookkeeper. You got nothing. Nothing! And if you were a man, you would have done it now. You don't got a thing, you punk. So it's on, and he knows... Well, he knows you got nothing, because obviously the, he the bloke it. just got murdered 10 minutes ago. Yeah. He says you got nothing. So the, the problem now is the DA is going to drop the case. Yep. Yes, but we've still got the ledger. We've still got this yeah. this book. Um, so they're thinking, well, we're done here. Well, we, we've taken it as far as we can go. Um, Malone Malone yeah. thinks something, knows something, and says, listen, just go and stall the DA. Wait, yeah, just wait. Just get, stall Get him. the DA, stall him. <clears throat> Whatever you got to do. So we see that we find out that the Walter, uh, the bookkeeper, the real bookkeeper, has to get out of town. Yep. So we're finding that, that out. Malone goes to meet this other copper, Mike. Remember before how the bloke he's, who told him to get out of town? Yeah, he's like, he looks like he's the, on chief, the inside. chief of T- D's. Like, he looks yeah. like an important part of the force. So he, he says to him, uh, they, they step outside. I think he has a crack. He goes, what are you doing in this? This is for cops, this club. He sort of yeah. has a crack at him. They go outside, and then he says, look, I need one more piece of information. So you find that out moment you he's his source, right? He's the guy that's given up those two yes. big raids before. So he's putting his own life in danger and Malone's life yep. in danger. So he said, look, I'll ne- I need you to help me now or I'm going to rat you out. And he goes, what are you doing? I'm talking to a dead man here. He goes, you're threatening me. He goes, you're a dead man. You're going to continue down this path. They have an all-out yeah. fight too. Oh, they do, yeah. They, have, they, they come to blows, but... Um, we see Ness also talking about uh, the to the DA. So, look, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. Yeah. He goes, look, we're, we're going to follow the lead. Malone then asks Ness to meet him Calls at him home. from like a payphone, doesn't he, yes. on his way home. So he goes, look, meet me at home. I've got something to tell you. Cut to Capone at the opera. And so we know that he's got a court date. And he, he doesn't he love holding court yeah. um, to the with the reporters? Somebody messes with me. I'm going to mess with him. <laughs> Somebody steals from me, I'm going to say you stole, not talk to him for spitting on the sidewalk. Right. <laughs> you understand? <laughs> now, I have done nothing to hurt these people, but they're angered at me, so what do they do? Doctor up some income tax, for which they got no case to annoy me, to speak to me like men, no to harass a peaceful man. I pray to God that if I ever had a grievance, I would have just a little more self-respect. 
So it's obviously like, did you understand the uh, if someone stole, I'm going to say you stole, not pick you up for spitting on the sidewalk. Yeah, that's referring to the fact that look, if you've got a beef against me, don't pick me up on some petty little income tax. Yes, bullshit. That's kind of what he was referring yeah, to yeah. there. But he also mentions this. You got an all-out price fight. You wait till the fight's over. One guy's left standing, and that's how you know who won. Next scene is Malone's apartment, and this is this typical. Is epic. Typical Brian De Palma. Brian is De Palma it? loves putting these, like what I call event scenes, where right. like later on we'll see the staircase in Carlito's Way, one of his other movies. He does something similar to this. So the thing, the the, yeah. the, the thing that I, struck me about this shoot is mm. the idea of shooting from the outside. Yeah, but giving a sense of the the depth of the apartment and yeah. you know giving a sense of being the guy that's looking through the window because essentially Malone's just in his apartment. He's waiting for Ness. Yeah. But there's, there's clearly another dude there. There's clearly someone there to do something, do some harm to him. And he's looking through the window. And so the camera kind of moves yeah, up like, and down like the side. You're, you're like you're the intruder like, from yes. their perspective. It, seeing, yeah. Did you like the bit where they, they sort of look inside the room and, and then, then you back. see and then you see Malone react and they sort of go back yeah. in like they, that's the person's point of view? That that's smart. Shooting. But the whole sort of geometry of it, so okay, sort of gives you an idea of the layout of the apartment and he's going from this window and all of that. That's typical to Palmer, sort of setting up yeah. those scenes. It's it's yeah. a it's a great scene, but it's mate, it's yeah. it's horrific, obviously. But then yeah, well, one of them breaks in and and he catches the person. <laughs> Isn't that just like a wop? Who brings a knife to a gunfight? <laughs> get out of here, you dagle bastard! Go on, get your ass out of here! So that was a that was obviously a trick to yeah. get him to walk out. He didn't bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. He brought a he, knife to a decoy. To, yeah, to, and, to a machine gun. Yeah. And look, here's two things about this I really loved. Weirdly, um, I mean, I don't know what it's like to be shot. I've never seen anyone shot, but I actually feel like this was the most realistic post shooting I've ever seen, because unless you're essentially shot in the head or in the heart. You know, I'm not sure you die immediately. And so uh, Sean Connery, uh, Malone, having the strength of will and body to drag himself through the apartment, yeah, it, I, that was I hard, felt yeah. real to me. Yeah, no, you're right. No, you're right. And he, and he I think he, he obviously, because don't forget, Ness was on his way over. Yeah. And he wanted to be stay for him, and he had the info. Um, but don't you love how, remember how Capone was the opera before? So intercut with this Malone dying or getting shot is, is Capone at the opera, toasting, you know, toasting the, the, yeah, the, the star the of the show, star of the, show, the yeah. clown or whatever in the in the show. Um, and so then Ness arrives at the Malone's apartment, finds out he's been shot, and I, 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 it just broke your heart thinking like Malone's reaching out for something, and he and Ness sees he's trying to reach for his medal. medal. He's reaching for his but medal, but it's not the medal. He's reaching yeah. for the bit of paper. Yeah, but but he gives him the medal anyway. Yeah, and but, he, but he finds. But, but he's. Yeah. But I, you, I think when you watch this, you think oh, he's he's reaching for the medal. He gives mm. him the medal. He goes, "You're looking for this." But then he immediately starts again, and it's like, "No, no, yeah, he's, I'm not looking the, for." The, it's the train. I'm trying table. to use my last breath to yes. tell you to give me that bit of he, paper. He grabs the day. He gets the medal. Then he grabs for the timetable, and he says, "Is the bookkeeper on this train?" So that that's where they find out that yeah. they're trying to rush him out of town. And his dying breath, he goes, "What are you prepared to do? You know, like, come on, yeah. if we've made a blood oath here, and yeah, which when, which, when which he, harps yeah. back to the line." In the church, what are you prepared to do? Yeah. You know, if, if if Capone does this, what are you prepared to do? It was 
And then uh, when, I thought when, that was a great. It was sad. Scene. Like when he dies, and you see Ness stamping the ground, and and you're thinking, right, well, we've got a job to do here, and so. The next scene, and this is an epic scene oh, here yeah. with the train Strange station. Strange in many ways, though, I've got to say. Um, yeah. You know, he, uh, he sends the young bloke off to kind of cover the south Cover entrance. the other entrance, yeah. He's he's just looking down, so it's clear they're just looking for this guy. By the, the way, I find it weird that the train is coming in eight minutes and people are still just coming into the station. <laughs> Do you know what it I mean? It was a 12.05 train, so what, yeah. Wouldn't you be on the platform already? But don't you reckon that creates the tension, though? That you, the, the guy's announcing, goes, all aboard, 12.05, blah, 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 and then he's yeah. looking at the clock... Seeing people oh, walk no, no. in. Don't get me wrong. And the tension's attention, building. But all I'm thinking yeah. is, why are you getting to the train so late, people? <laughs> okay? But he's, just... he's looking down at people. He's trying to understand who the people are. And there's this woman with this, you know, old, the oldie pram and these suitcases. I swear to God, she's one tr- of the... She's trying to get up the stairs. I swear to God, one of the suitcases changes too. Like, there were two thin ones, okay. and then one of them is a fat one. But anyway, okay. um, because I thought there was a, a swap going on or something. Anyway, yeah, right. but then I understood... She has nothing to do. Like, I'm sitting here going, what's she got to do with this? Yeah. But it's really... She's just getting off the train. No, no. Yeah. What this is, this is just... This is a, a, a another picture of Elliot Ness's humanity. He's He's got to stand here at this height and look for this bookkeeper. This is this is important. Yeah. But he's he's being... Like, he's being torn apart inside by not being able to run down and help this lady. Yeah. No one is helping this lady. Everyone's walking past this but he, lady. But his conscience and he keeps gets to him. Yeah. looking at her. And he keeps going... What is going on? And he ends up going down to her. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think, and that in this scene, it actually helps him because it kind of disguises him, don't you reckon? Like he's there with the pram trying to carry the yeah. cases in, yeah, yeah. and the guy actually walks past him. And when he gets to the top of the stairs, remember the gangsters at the top of the stairs, and he sees him. The gangsters trying to make out who he is, and 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 Ness goes, "Yeah, what, mate? I know who you are." Boom. And this is where, again, this is a cinematic technique, yes. but it's not slow mo. As in everything happens in slow mo, but yeah. it's just every because obviously if that pram just went boom, 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 down the stairs, it'll all be over in no time. Yes, but by dragging out the time that it takes the pram to drop from the top to the where it gets to, yeah. it just creates so much drama, well, so sort of, much sensation. It adds, adds more risk. Like they're having a gunfight on the stairs. Like the bookkeepers walked in. Don't yeah. forget now. So they're firing at each other. The pram is going down one step at a time, and the camera's top down, looking at this little boy in the in the pram. Yeah. By the way, the baby in the carriage was the stunt coordinator's son that they <laughs> used for the scene, right? So he's pu- he's going down the stairs slowly. You see, even the sailors, remember the two sailors walking past, they get hit with bullets, and it's happening. Um, Stone hears all the commotion, Runs comes over. back after hearing the shots, <clears throat> and what I loved how when Ness ran out of bullets. And Stone, when he slides back, throws, throws him a gun. a gun. Again, all in slow mo. Yeah, and I thought that was a great. And sort of Stone's there, and he's sort of there. He's you got know, him. remember he's a good shot, right? Yeah, he's a good shot. That's, yeah, and this is that heart, your heart back to that academy moment where he remembers he's a good shot. We yeah. we remember he's a good shot, and Ness looks at him. Yeah. Have you, but remember the guy says, I've got the bookkeeper, I know you want him, I'll kill him, you yep. got to let me go. And so it's one of yes. those hostage yeah. moments where yeah. the only way to do this is the most accurate shot to the head of the bloke who's yes. holding him hostage, but the only shot you've got is his head one and shot. one yeah. miss and you've got the bookkeeper. Yes. So it's it's critical. It's risky. Which is yeah. why Ness says, have you got him? You got him? Take him. Boom. A great close-up of the guy and then the bloke Bonsky. comes out of his mouth. Yeah. yeah. See you later. Next thing we see, we're in court. And the DA is uh, has the bookkeeper on the stand. The two coded entries in this ledger represent cash disbursement 
to all levels of city officials, members of the police, and to Alphonse Capone. That is correct. Excuse me? I said that is correct. And you will decipher these coded entries for us. I will. Sorry, Mr. Payne, I can't hear you. I said I will. You were in charge of uh, disbursements for Mr. Capone? Yes, I was. And you personally distributed monies? Vast, undeclared monies to Mr. Capone? Yes, I did. We find out that the amount of money, and don't forget, this is 1930, yeah. $1.3 million. million dollars. Imagine how much money that is back then. That's, that's Crazy. a fortune, right? Crazy money. And this is an interesting scene. Uh, no, yeah. Kind of fast forward through it a bit because essentially we find um, find out that the dude sitting behind Capone has a gun, and Ness sees it. Like, Ness yeah. has got a good eye. But also the DA sees Capone falling asleep, sort of yawning, thinking, what has he he's got? Happy. He's happy. We're nailing the coffin on this bloke, and, he's, and he, he doesn't care. doesn't give a shit. He's yeah. happy, basically. Yeah. How how could he possibly yeah. be happy? Yeah. What's going on here? Capone's guy's got a gun in court. Yes. Ness very cautiously gets a bailiff to take him out. He yeah, goes out with him. him. Out. A gunfight ensues and all that. But in the end, they find this bit of paper, which is a list of all the jurors, yeah. And the monies they've been given. Yeah, and it's they they, they realise that, you know what, there's something doing here. But he does chase Nitty, though. He goes yep. up and he, he he finally arrests him. And he, like, it, it was a, I think he'd seen the matchbook, remember, with, with Malone's address oh, in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, oh, God, I guess I had a friend that lived at this address. And then that's when Nitty realises, oh, shit, I'm in trouble I'm here. I'm in trouble, yeah. And he runs away. But then he, he, does, he does catch him, but... Uh, once he's arrested, they have this chat. They're going to burn you, buddy. Yeah? Yeah. I'm going to come see you burn, you son of a bitch, because you killed my friend. He died like a pig. <laughs> what did you say? I said that your friend died screaming like a stuck Irish pig. Now you think about that when I beat the rat. He's grabbed him. Running towards the edge of the roof. (laughs) So he lands in a car. God, squealing like a pig. Did he sound anything like that? (laughs) Now, Frank Nitti didn't die as Ah. a result of Elliot Ness throwing him off the roof of the courthouse during the trial. In fact, Nitti was at that time serving 18 months of a two-year sentence for tax evasion at Leavenworth. Oh, wow. Now, apparently, uh, he wouldn't be released for another six months, and Nitty, who was a drunk, ended up just shooting himself uh, a decade later in 1943. He wasn't thrown off a roof. Now, we're back inside the courtroom, and Stone has shown the list of bribed jurors that they grabbed from Nitty's coat, and they're saying, okay, geez, what do we do here? Um, The... I love this bit where he asks to talk, Ness asks to talk to the judge alone. Uh, and then we're back in the courtroom, and then the judge asks this. Bailiff, I want you to go next door to Judge Hoffman's court, where they've just begun hearing a divorce action. I want you to bring that jury in here and take this jury to his court. Bailiff, are those instructions clear? Yes, sir, they're clear. Talk. 
Bailiff, I want you to switch the juries. Yes, sir. Your Honor, I object. Overruled. So he said immediately overrules. So he's found out that what they said, what did you tell the judge? And he goes, I told him his name was in the ledger as well. Yeah. So he sort of said, okay, let's get this bloke. But uh, as they did, they, they remember the bloke goes, I've changed my plea to guilty. And remember the Capone cracks his own lawyer. Yeah. And then they realise that, you know, what, Ness, Ness has won and he comes over to have a chat. Never stop. Never stop fighting till the fight is done. What do you say? What do you say? I said never stop fighting till the fight is done. What? You heard me, Capone. It's over. Get out of here. You're nothing but a lot of talking about. Here ended the lesson. You're nothing but a lot of talking about. So one thing about the trial of Capone uh, that was never shown in the movie, he apparently attempted a plea bargain before the trial. He was uh. plea bargaining. The judge wouldn't be wouldn't uh, accept it. He did though attempt to bribe the jury. That was true, and uh, the judge found out and switched the juries. That was actually true. wow. Is that true? Yeah. Another point that the movie awesome. didn't cover was that before the trial, he'd sent hitmen to kill the prosecutor of the case as well. Uh, and then they said when they when they realised that uh, this was this was trouble, he called them off. The prosecutor from then on had constant police and uh, protection before and during and after the trial. Wow! But despite the you know that last scene where Ness tells Capone the here end of the lesson, you know he sort yeah. of gives him his own line back at him. Um, apparently the real Al Capone and Elliot Ness never, ever came face-to-face during their battles. So wow. he, he sort of prosecuted him from afar. The, the um, great yeah. thing about this this next scene goes into Ness's office, and it, it's another one of those... There's a lot of these half-back-and-forward moments. Yeah. You know, you have the... Um, Looking you know, through the headlines. What will you do when, when Malone's dying? He says things like that. You know, those... Things that happen at the start that come back at the end. Yeah, stuff. I like, I like, I like how they tie it up. They tie yeah, it up. Which yeah. is which is that, that he head, the headline uh, the headline that he pinned on the wall. Yes, points well, paints a picture that he's going to keep the headlines, and that's why now that was sort of we see we the see progression. Him, yeah. Exactly, looking through the headlines. And I love how he gives Stone the medals. He goes, "Look, I think yeah. he, I think he said to Chester Ness, would, I think um, he'd want you to have it." He goes, "No, mate, he'd want a cop to have it." Yeah, and that's you. And which that is his nice. way of saying that was nice. You're yeah. every bit of cop that that man would have wanted you. to So kind of you you know, job's done. He's on his way. Out, this and is then, uh, the, the best cop, part of the whole movie. The reporter comes to him. Mr. Ness, Mr. Ness, any comment for the record? The man who put Al Capone on the spot. I just happened to be there when the wheel went round. Uh, they, they say they're going to repeal prohibition. What will you do then? I think I'll have a drink. <laughs> That's the music's awesome. awesome in this movie. I love the music in this. Even when yeah. they do the bridge raid, remember? That was great music yeah, they were playing yeah, during yeah. that. was fantastic. That's a great line, though. What yeah. do you do? I'll it have is. a drink. I'll have a drink. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of lines, here's a, a couple of our, my favourites, and hopefully yours too. Uh, the little lesson that uh, Malone lays on Ness when they first meet. Are you okay, pal? I had a rough day on the job. Uh, are you going home now? I was about to. Well then, you just fulfilled the first rule of law enforcement. Make sure when your shift is over, you go home alive. Here endeth the lesson. 
That's the line he used, remember, at the end of with yeah, your tilts, man. Here ended the lesson, yeah. Here's another, I, I use this line myself. Remember when he's chasing after the guy with the books after the race? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Enough of this running shit. Georgie <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, what have we got here? I say that all the time. Enough of this shit. Because the best part about that is Sean Connery is clearly an old, older man. Yeah. The guy with the books is clearly younger, and yeah. he's never going to outpace him. So yeah. he just shoots, shoots, shoots in the air or in the ground. Enough of this running. Enough shit. of this running. Shit. Love it. Love it. Um, this is another great line when the Mountie sees. Remember, Malone kills, shoots the guy in the head, pretending yeah. he's still alive. Yep. Yeah. Mister Ness. You're not to prove of your methods. Yeah? Well, you're not from Chicago. <laughs> that was great. Things you didn't uh, know. Oh, no, sorry. How did that happen? Well, let's call this the pl- the fact v. fiction. We'll go yep. through this pretty quick. Um, Al Capone, uh, no, he, in real life, knowing that a, if he had a killed a Prohibition agent like Ness, it would have created more trouble that he could handle. So yeah, that's right. What he actually, he did have a non-violence order with his men um, whenever it concerned the un the untouchables, so Ness's team. So while Capone, he never, he, he did, he never tried to kill them, but he attempted to buy them off. He said, uh-huh. tried to bribe them all the time. Um, and did you notice that in the movie it says, even though the film's based on real characters, the movie does say the persons and event in this fic- picture are fictitious, and any similarities to actual persons or events is unintentional. So it really, sort of opens it up the fact that. We're taking a bit of license. Yeah, it was right. highly, highly, I think they they mentioned highly fictionalized events. Right. Um, at the finale of the courtroom, where Capone is reacting, I think he punched his his lawyer and he's jumping around. Yeah. In in actual fact, the reporters said that he accepted the verdict quite calmly, and sort of was was only. He only he sort of said to the press, "Look, I'm innocent. I don't know what this is all about." He never wasn't really jumping up and down <laughs> like he was perceived in in the movie. Um, things you might not know: the movie shows Elliot Ness as being this happily married man. So this is kind of a fact of fiction too. And his wife, he had a daughter in real life. He had a daughter and a son. Yep. Uh, in the movie, sorry. In real life, Ness had been married three times. He was married to his first wife during the early 30s when this was happening. And the only child he ever had was an adopted son named Robert. Never nice had his to own be kids. married. Yeah, nice to be married. Uh, at the end of the movie, uh, remember how he's asked, he goes, what do you do? He goes, I think I'll have a drink. Yep. Elliot Ness later did become a heavy drinker. Oh, and wow. even got and even got involved in a in an alcohol related accident in the oh, car. Geez. He was drinking had a car accident. Wow! Now you know, remember when Ness refused the bribe? Yep. In these later years, he struggled with money. In fact, he died at the age of fifty four, penniless. Oh, wow. At the age of fifty four. Elliot Ness, though, this is an interesting fact too. In Elliot Ness was obviously instrumental in bringing down Capone, right? At the time, when he died in 1957, no one carried any news of his passing. Oh. No, his, his heroic reputation uh, only began afterwards when they published a book about him and they, they decided oh. to make a TV series about it. Oh, right. So when he died, they thought, who's he? They don't care. But it was later on when they thought, you know, this bloke actually did some good work. That's when he became famous, wow. well after he died, yeah. Here's another interesting fact too. Robert De Niro um, tracked down Al Capone's original tailors and got them to make his clothing for the movie. 
So they used the same tailors that would looked after Capone. He found out who they were and they made his suits for the movie. Wow. So it has that authenticity. Did you notice Robert De Niro was packing on a bit of beef? Gained he extra did, weight. Yeah, he did look yeah. It, yeah. He, the, he gained the extra weight for the role, so but he, he didn't have enough time to, to like normally he would have put the weight on normally. Didn't have enough time, so he wore pads and pillows to be look uh. a bit puffier. Yeah. The judge presiding over the trial, do you remember now this is a sort of a plot hole kind of thing. The judge presiding over the trial ordered the switch with the jury that was looking over the divorce case in another courtroom. Yeah. Now, Capone is on trial for federal tax evasion. It wouldn't be a divorce So, court. yeah, the divorce <laughs> uh, estate cases. So there's no having a divorce trial taking place in the same courthouse wouldn't it have It would have been a murder yeah. or a rape or some other body yeah. thing. Yeah, now, yeah. tell me what you reckon the body count was in this movie. How many oh. people? Give me Have a guess. 27? Close. 24. Jeez, all 24. Right. You're on Pretty the money, mate. Um, when One other little sort of plot hole, too, I reckon, is... Um, when Malone is interrogating the dead, the dead bloke, yeah, like it, it'd be a bit hard for him to pick him up and stand him up against the wall. Like he's, he'd be, it'd be hard it'd to make that look strong. realistic. Yeah, he'd have yeah, to be yeah. pretty strength. <laughs> he has a lot of strength to hold up a man who's dead with his head straight yeah, upright, head too. upright too. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's pretty. That's pretty big. But anyway, your wrap up and rating, mate. What do you reckon? I really enjoyed it. I think uh, I think we know by now. I'm a I'm a bit of a fan of the gangster genre. Um, no matter what the era. Of, yeah. of the production. Um, so there's a 9 out of 10 for me. I really yeah. enjoyed it. I think Boom. I'm most excited by the cast. I just, yeah. I just find it fascinating. It was a good tale too. It was a good yarn. I find it yeah. so fascinating that Kevin Costner could be so young in his career yeah. in this, but yet play such a big role. Yeah. Isn't that funny how, so you know him now, when you saw this movie, you thought, oh, he was always a superstar. Well, that's, but yet this movie sort of made him a superstar. That's right. Yeah, wow. Well, it, it, yeah, I thought I think it's fantastic. That's brilliant. I'm yeah, really glad you enjoyed it. that, mate. Again, I'm really happy that I'm finding these movies that you're enjoying. Mate. Not only had you not seen them, Give but me you've seen day, it, all right? Yeah, okay, I'll keep that in mind. Well, let's turn our attention to next week. Okay. Next week, we are watching The Game. It was released in 1997 and stars Michael Douglas and Sean Penn. Okay. Now, here's your millionaire question. All right. Who directed The Game? A, Tony Scott. B, David Fincher. C, Clint Eastwood. D. Robert Zemeckis. I know you've got no idea, so this is a guess. So, Clint Eastwood. Oh, sorry, mate. Wrong. Thought you might have been trying it was, to get me there. It was B. David Fincher. Never heard of him. Really, really popular director. Who I'll tell you next week all the can movies you, he's you, directed. Can you give me what what game he is directed? It? Fight Club. No, what game we? The game. About? Well, it's the game. Yeah, the whole movie is the game. Is it? Yeah. You've it's never, not an NFL game. You've, no, you've never seen this. You've never heard of it, have you? No, I'm asking yeah. what the game is. The is game it a poker is, game? No, uh, it's, no, it's you're not. You're not going to tell me. It's a game that takes the whole movie to play. Holy shit. Yeah, so enjoy. The game, not released in 97. Good cast. Michael Douglas, Sean Penn. 1997. 1997. Okay. So uh, enjoy that one. I know for a fact you haven't seen this one. If you'd never heard of it until I told you two minutes ago. <laughs> so enjoy that. Let's talk about that next week. See you then.